And welcome to the Reason and Theology show on a Tuesday evening, joined by Steve Cunningham, guest on our show. He's going to be talking about the Great Reset, and of course, Steve is from the notable uh, show Census Fidelium. Steve, welcome to the show. How are you? I appreciate it. I'm well. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's an honor to have you. And and just for, you know, most most of our viewers, I'm sure, familiar with you, but just for anybody who's watching who is new to the channel and maybe new to yours as well, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and also Census Fidelium. Uh, well, me personally, just a layman, uh, married with two kids, uh, live in North Carolina. I uh, was in medical sales for as an assistant for years, so I didn't make any money, but I it was a glorified <laughs> job. Uh, did Uber for about four years. Been working since I about I don't know ten. My dad had a was in AMF, so my brother, sister, and I we were working in bowling centers and sweeping up parking lots, working in the you know cooking in the sports club for the decade of the nineties. And mm. uh, so yeah, we were you know cradle Catholic. Mom was always Crazy. in. Uh, dad converted a little bit before he died. He had a Agent Orange for about eighteen years. Take him oh, down wow. finally in two thousand seven and. My brother and I had never read until after he died, really. Dad always preached on, uh, you had to read books. Yeah. Albeit it was sports related. Read how to, you know, Larry Bird. You know, oh, yeah. yeah. I still got the book over here somewhere. Well. Drive. It, 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 drive. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that, that was, in fact, uh, the book that really got me into basketball. When I first came back to Israel, my father was reading it. He had it on his nightstand, and I didn't really know anything about basketball, but I saw this, and I was curious about it. And he told me about him, told me about Larry Bird and who he was, and I just fell in love with basketball after that. So that, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were, I was a hoopster, and, you know, back in those – it was after the, ba uh, the baseball uh, uh, strike in 95, I think it was. Mm. But we all played all the sports. But yeah, I remember Larry Bird's drive was in my backpack in the, in high school with a, a ball with me. So I literally was at a uh, park for six to seven hours street balling. And wow, the faith wasn't anything but something we did on Sundays. You know, we set yeah. road every day. Mom made, made sure we did it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, after dad died, then we started uh, reading a little bit. And I stopped listening to hip hop and hard, hardcore metal and Right. I listen to uh, Beck, Glenn Beck, Rush Limbaugh. Uh, it was during the Obama time. Uh, okay. Yeah. I remember say, someone asked me, so who you, who you vote for? I go, ah, I'll take that Obama guy because clearly <laughs> uh, ESPN was my news. Right, right. <laughs> so, yeah, said something to me that really put his foot up. Me. He goes, uh, mm. maybe you should start reading before you say anything else stupid. I go, Okay. <laughs> What books did you start reading? I mean, what what really kind of got you into uh, your your channel and everything? What inspired Polit it? Politics got me in. Actually, okay. um, it was actually yeah, it was during that, and I started listening to you know reading uh, Thomas Woods, which I didn't know was Catholic at the time, didn't care. Yeah, and uh, my brother started seeing me post political stuff on Facebook. At that, at that time, we were basically posting something to make the other one laugh. Okay. <laughs> and then he started posting about for Lent, a saint of the day. And uh, I'd why I look at it, you know, like, okay, that's cool. I didn't know that. Then he started doing apologetics. And by the end of the, in the mm. Lent, he had a, he felt like he had a call into the priest. And now he's now a priest. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's awesome. <laughs> and people that's would awesome. email me and say, what's wrong with your brother? I go, I don't, you, know, you ask him. So my first apologetic was, uh, a friend of mine was saying uh, he's so arrogant that the Catholic Church is the true church. I go, well, you're an SEC fan, right? He was listening to Columbia, South Carolina. SEC is a religion. Saturday afternoon is their church. 
And uh, so you say the SEC is the best uh, football conference in these in the states, right? Yeah. Is that arrogant or truth? You didn't speak to me again after that one. On. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, but yeah, then uh, uh, long story short, uh, he he sent me a text on ignorance scriptures, ignorance of Christ. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in a week. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Text him back up. What's next? Got on full machine. World's first mm-hmm. love, first religious book. Mm. And uh, I know that some some people get upset, but I, I started I got in hooked on uh, Bishop Barron's WGN yeah. shows yeah. back in the day when he was on there, and uh, yeah, that to just it was almost like Johnny Five if you remember uh, batteries not included, more input. Johnny Five. And then the channel started because back when I was still down there, I was working out in uh, the living room P ninety X and. Well, I, I didn't want to just do it and just have something, no you know, TV going or a radio going. So I was looking for stuff on YouTube to watch while I was doing it. So I found Thomas Woods. I was familiar with already his uh, series on how the Catholic Church built Western civilization. Mm-hmm. Just ate that up. And then I saw there was some no. sermons on there. There was about four or five. Check those out. That led me to the website where the sermons were. And then heard yeah. about the Steros movie, The Greater Glory. And I said, well, man. What how many people don't know about that story? And hmm. um, took me about six uh, six beers and three hours later to figure out how to do it. <laughs> there was a program on there, and it was just you know terrible photos that were blurry. And, and I'm thinking, wow, there's only five seconds per photo. I need to put like two million photos up on this to get this up. And uh, long story short, on that, that was the beginning of it. The next day was another one. The next day was another one. And eight years later. Still going, four thousand some odd videos, something like that up there. Wow, that many! Yeah, it's give or take a couple hundred, but it's like it's roughly about four grand in eight years. Yeah. Wow, you've been busy. I've gotten quicker <laughs> at it. I know where the photos I want to do, so yeah. I, I, I'm help. I start uh, work part time at Tan and Tan Books, and the, one of the guys asked me, "said Do you listen to all the sermons?" I go, "Yeah," because I don't want anything on my uh, on me. Right. I'm right. judging day and sure. make sure this th- these things are good. So everything I've heard, I've listened at least once. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Before right. it goes up. Yeah. You don't <laughs> want anybody saying, you know, why, why do you have that posted? Of course. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a lot of learning though. <laughs> four, four thousand that was it. Videos. I was unemployed for a couple yeah. of years and that's all I did was look for jobs, read, put the videos together. It's awesome. Uh, find a way to you know pay, pay for gas at the time. Uh, right. Uh, didn't you know this was before anybody you know i even know what a donation was I was like i need to get out there and do something right. so i'll just pick up a side job train somebody uh whatever i could do i was a personal trainer sure. in columbia for years so that was it was, that was easy to do go to someone's house but yeah, yeah that was it for until i found another gig was just video 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 read hear a book on a vi- on a video which or right. a sermon that would maybe buy a book as cheap yeah. as possible or find it at the library or However, I could get on in. So yeah, just a couple of years of just studying. I did my we, own seminary. <laughs> we we need that because right now I think the Protestants kind of have Catholics beat when it comes overall to preaching. Um, gosh, what is that website that they have? I forget offhand what it is, but they have just a million sermons posted on there and, and you're, you're the Catholic equivalent to it. So (laughs) I commend you for what you're doing. 
Um, I hope, you know, are, are there going to be more priests who are participating and are going to be sending you uh, content? Is it growing? I've actually had some people. So there's a priest in Spain that started sending me some stuff. So we got a Spanish YouTube channel now. Yeah. Uh, even on the website, I got Spanish, French, and Italian on there. Um, halfway done with the uh, Spanish Bible. But yeah, some there's been quite a few priests that will text me up or email me or uh, message me on Twitter or Facebook asking, hey, you want to put this up? And yeah, sure. Let me listen to a couple. And I'll, yeah, if it's good, I'll put it up. And you know, need that. People that will send me it. And I go, hey, make sure Father knows you did that and is okay with yeah. that. Right, right. But we need that because, I mean, we, we should never let the Protestants outdo us when it comes to homilies of preaching. So I appreciate what right, you're doing. Right. So we're talking about the Great Reset. Um, you know, this is something that is relatively new as far as topics. So maybe introduce us to the term Great Reset. What exactly is it? And, um, you know, let's let's uh, basically just go from there. Introduce us to the topic. All right. Yeah, this is a thankfully Vigano, Archbishop Vigano wrote a little letter that got a bunch of, I'll say, normies to talk about it a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, but this thing is imagine the iceberg. What he yeah. did with that took the Titanic. What he did was take the little bit top of it. This thing is gigantic and just does all every form of your life. It's basically, should I get the tinfoil face muzzle on that I have? Uh, it's basically a rebranding of the new world order. Now, I know people go, the conspiracy flags are flying now. I got, I'll show, well, through this, the time we're together, you're going to hear from their own words. I have these books <laughs> all by the guys. So if you, if you don't believe me, buy the book or, or they're free on Kindle. Uh, so if you don't believe anything I say, check it out yourself. I mean, really in this one, it's so the intro I'll read it verbatim, uh, the part that they say it's biblical. Uh, Radical changes of such consequence are coming that some pundits have referred to a, quote, before coronavirus B.C. and after coronavirus A.C. era. Uh, I'll get some more from that later. But what this is, has been just been it is not something that just happened this year. This has been in the works for quite some time. if I could share the screen for us, for everybody, I'll show a couple links. Yeah, go ahead. Is it sharing? I don't see it yet. Um, does it show it's sharing on your end? Because normally it pops up for me and lets me click on it. Um, but I don't. There it is. There okay. it goes. Okay. There we go. My apologies, everybody. No, no problem. No problem. All right, so we got why the WHO faked a pandemic. This is from 2010, and it was taken down, let's see, this was a month and a half ago. So this is from the Wayback Machine on archive.org. And this is back when swine flu was going down. They were thinking that it was going to be 250,000 or 500,000 per year by their own numbers. The mildest, mildest pandemics of the 20th century killed at least a million people, which, we go to this, and Kloss actually says, quote, uh, where were we at? At the end of 20, June 2020, at the time when the outbreak still raging in Latin America, South Asia, and much of the U.S., COVID-19 has killed less than 0.006% of the world population. To put this low figure into context, in terms of lethality, the Spanish flu killed 2.7% of the world's population, and HIV AIDS 0.6% from 81 to today. The plague of Justinian on its onset in 541 until until 
it finally disappeared in 750, killed almost a third of the population of Byzantine in Byzantium, according to various estimates. And the Black Death is considered to kill between 30 and 40 percent of the world population at the time. So another thing to know of is this is not about a virus either. So we've heard them scream cry wolf many times. As one PM in, in England said, uh, will a virus come around that will kill a lot of people off? Yeah, probably. But this ain't it. But they're using it. The Rockefeller uh, lockstep document. I'll have all these in the show notes that you can put in the video and I'll share around as well. This goes in. This was back in 2010. This goes into... You'll hear of terms of uh, legacy jobs, um, changing the way you work. Uh, there'll be a time when you'll be locked down. Masks will be forced on people, etc. This was written in 2010. Again, you can read it for yourself. It's a pretty lengthy argument uh, article. So event 201 comes around. Uh, people have seen this. I've watched it a couple times. It's on YouTube. Guess who helped sponsor this thing? The World mm -hmm. Economic Forum, who's mm -hmm. in charge of the Great Reset. Mm -hmm. What is the Great Reset? I'll let Klaus Schwab speak. Thank you, Adrian. It is obvious that we are in the midst of the most severe crisis the world has experienced since World War II. 75 years ago, countries and people came together to shape the post-war global order which brought us decades of peace, increased global cooperation and prosperity to hundreds of millions of people around the world. The COVID-19 crisis has shown us that our old systems are not fit anymore for the 21st century. It has laid bare the fundamental lack of social cohesion, fairness, inclusion and equality. Now is the historical moment, the time, not only to fight severe virus, but to shape the system for the need for the post-corona era. We have a choice to remain passive, which would lead to, an, to the amplification of many of the trends we see today. Polarization, nationalism, racism, and ultimately increased social unrest and conflicts. But we have another choice. We can build a new social contract, particularly integrating the next generation. We can change our behavior to be in harmony with nature again. And we can make sure that the technologies of the fourth industrial revolution are best utilized to provide us with better lives. In short, we need a great reset. So you can imagine him having a kitty cat on his leg because uh, the perfect villain in any James Bond movie or uh, Dr. Evil incarnate. Uh, just, just imagine him petting He needs a cat to be stroking. Now, who is this guy? Now, this is a great article. This is uh, off Guardian, but it was done by Winter Oak. Uh, again, I'll have all the show notes together. He's a child of Hitler's Germany, born in 38. Uh, so he's used to the used to this idea, some of these things. Uh, it's, I won't go through all of this because it's a lengthy article, but some of the key notes to take away is uh, basically UBI is involved, universal basic income. 
uh, the fourth industrial revolution is basically what that means is digital takeover. Uh, they call up with four different uh, stages of the industrial revolution. And this is the fourth one. It's basically, if you want to get Hollywoodish with it, Terminator meets matrix and we end up uh, like demolition man. Uh, and I'm not joking about the food part in demolition man, because we'll get to that in, in a minute. Uh, this is basically a communistic takeover of everything, a controlling aspect of your life, again, in every known factor of your life, and it's wrapped around in climate change. So everything is about climate change. Um, if you want to read about the villain himself, again, go for it. Here's a perfect video. They took this down. This is eight predictions for the world in 2030 by the World Economic Forum. So notice you won't own anything, okay? mm. no private property. Everything you'll do is rented. So again, it'll be delivered by drone, AI. Well, uh, technology in here is just nano, tech, drones, uh, uh, autonomous cars, uh, smart cities. Basically, everything you're thinking of is going to be tech-driven. Mm. That's kind of funny in there because in here he has what uh, uh, scenario with the U.S. winning and China winning. Those are the only two countries he talks about in the books. Hmm. You'll just die. But also, they also talk about 3D printing, hmm. printing up pharmaceutical, even drugs. Hmm. Um, and then, obviously, uh, robotics. Uh, I got another video on that. They're thinking about curing, uh, using robots for uh, people that are paralyzed, which is a good thing. But with every good thing, with road to hell is paved with good intentions. Mm. Think about that. They'll print new organs, 3D printing. I mean, 3D printing is big with these guys. You'll eat much less meat. That's a part of the climate change thing. They use that as uh, if you're eating a lot of meat, that screws up the environment, it's carbon that. Carbon uh, dioxide is going up, etc. What they're looking for, they will use plant-based. So you remember uh, the fad a couple months ago with the Impossible Burger, and uh, was Bur was that Burger King? McDonald's? Burger King had the Impossible Burger, and then you had, I think Snoop Dogg was doing something with Dunkin' Donuts that was fake news <laughs> as well. Like you talk about, <laughs> the, yeah, Snoop D O Double G, the sellout from Compton. He's got, yeah, he's just staying at a drive-through, handing out Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> 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 Talking to me, Ice that. Cube is that. sold out like this. All these guys. <laughs> if Tupac is alive, he'd be coming back. I saw Jizza from Wu-Tang did some stuff about impossible sliders or something. It was really, really? pushing vegan. Yeah. For, for those who are familiar with Wu-Tang, Jizza. Oh, wow. That. Yeah. Well, it gets, it gets into, well, what do you want? Insects. Remember the fad with insect uh, bars and stuff like that? I have not heard of this. is new to me. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I sit back. This is just the beginning. I'm just giving you wow. a little one percenter type deal. I got the info yeah. on the insects too. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're wanting us to eat. But basically, when you hear, when I bring up the communist thing, what's the key, uh, uh, key word for that is equality. They want mm. equality mm. in finance, income, income uh, food. Uh, so you you wouldn't own anything; you would rent it. 
Right. Why, why yeah. wouldn't it just be given to you? You would borrow it. Why? Why rent? I mean, why would I want to rent something and and not own it? Well, it depends on what you're wanting to rent too. Yeah. Cars would be just for the elite. I got a video. They actually have a video from 2011. I talked about that. Uh, basically, more into bicycles. You have your own bike, uh, motorized uh, robotic bike, so you don't have to pump it. Some reason, don't you think ex exercising would be a big thing with these people? No, everything's robotic. Uh, but it's kind of like, in a sense, Star Trek. Remember where they were talking about? There's no money. Everyone's happy. They don't own yeah. anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's that whole utopia thing of uh, if if someone has property, then no one else. That's not being you know fair to everybody else. So you can't own anything because everyone needs to use it. it mm. Kind of that mindset. Mm. Um, here we go. There's the for the good of the environment. And they are all for open borders. Yeah. And remember, I'll get into this later on, but the the oil and gas guys are in on this, believe it or not. And they literally want, uh, I think it's this one that talks about putting uh, establishments on Mars. Lock, uh, Lockheed Martin. I drove a guy for uh, down from the airport a couple years ago in Uber, when I was doing Uber, and he worked at Lockheed and told me they got people lined up uh, on a waiting list to experiment their lives on Mars. So that video finally got taken down like the other website just the, a couple weeks ago, and some of the guys put it up on BitChute. And these aren't, you know, the uh, World Economic Forum. This isn't just some kind of quackery. Uh, I'm looking here online. Time.com has uh, the first thing that I pulled up was the Great Reset. The COVID-19 pandemic has provided a unique opportunity to think about the kind of future we want. Time partnered with the World Economic Forum to ask leading thinkers to share ideas for how to transform the way we live and work. So this is out there in just big, big time news. Yeah, this is kind of what drives me nuts. If you watch any of the uh, I started doing a This Week in Tyranny series. Mm. <laughs> we were doing the, the news show and it's just not enough there's yeah. so much weirdness going on and i was at after mass talking with one of the priests and he said he was watching he he heard about the what we were talking at the time uh the tip uh, the plan about the uh the the uh, voting that was going to how they were going to rig the election mm. i knew we knew about this months ago uh, and he goes wow what, you tell me ex explain a little bit about it i go I see another priest. He never heard of it. And then I started asking about other things like Event 201, et cetera. And no one had a clue. So it's just, it drove me nuts that I was saying, I, I got, you know, I'm busier than anything. And I see other people going, how do you guys not see it? Now, not just, not, not talking about laymen, but bishops and priests. Guys, this, we're talking about, and I'll show it. 
they're talking about redefining hu- what hu- being a human is, mm. turning wow. us into robotic type transhumanism stuff. Uh, not just Elon Musk, but uh, an example would be uh, being able to send a text to your tracking device, my your iPhone, by thought, hmm. you know, or tweet an idea by thought. Uh, you could uh, your cows, if you have a farm would be able to communicate now that I know that's not human through an app. A just, you know, and, I mean, that's just the start. Uh, so yeah, uh, that's why I'm, I'm glad you came on with this. I'm like, heck yeah, let's do it. To a lot of people been talking about, but they haven't, like I said, gotten deep into, or just scratched the surface of what this is. So this, no, uh, Noah, we'll just say Noah, <laughs> the world after coronavirus. I just got some of the things I screenshot. One of the problems we face in working out where we stand on surveillance is that none of us know exactly what we are being surveilled and what the coming years might bring. Surveillance technology is developing at breakneck speed, and what seemed science fiction 10 years ago is today old news. Uh, there was a member of the show by uh, Jim Caviezel, a uh, person of interest. Uh, my wife and I loved it. That was, it was actually a cool show. The problem is... <laughs> If they had that tech on the show, that tech is available in real life. And it was nothing but the state, the, mm. the, the state surveilling you, facial recognition, every, every corner. Uh, I mean, they were basically fighting the computer system at that time towards the end of the, the program. As a thought experiment, consider a hypothetical government that demands that every citizen wears a biometric bracelet that monitors body temperature and heart rate 24 hours a day. You already, some people already have that with their, iWatches or whatever, the resulting data is hoarded and analyzed by government government algorithms. They actually talk about how data is the new oil in this. Hmm. The algorithms will know that you are sick even before you know it. And they will also know where you have been and who you have met. Tracking The tracking apps that are coming out are doing exactly this now. The chains of infection could be drastically shortened and even cut together. Such a system could arguably stop the epidemic in its tracks within days. Sounds wonderful, right? Biometric monitoring would make Cambridge Analytica's data hacking tactics look like something from the Stone Age. Imagine North Korea in 2030 when every citizen has to wear a biometric bracelet 24 hours a day. If you listen to a speech by the great leader and the bracelet picks up a telltale signs of anger, you're done for. Hmm. And they you know stuff like this, being able to read your – being able to – Almost like Minority Report, know it before you even have it. You know, the underlying theme that I'm seeing in all this is control. So my question would be, who controls all of this, all this technology, these advances? Who would be in charge? Who would be in control of it? Definitely not us. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, have you seen the videos of uh, Swab? couple weeks ago then this there was a video that they finally got up from last week that was back in july where he says the next great crisis will be the uh uh the internet uh takeover basically an internet crisis a breakdown it, uh I was i just lost my train of thought on it anyways there are a game plan for it so who would come in to save that well they create the problem i will step in we got the solution let us take it over this isn't working. Let us take it over. Literally, this is all about them taking it over. Uh, the World Economic Forum being the head guys of all this. And they got 
and I'll show the spider web version of this. Who's who is involved in this? So we're if you don't get the email from the who's who guys, you ain't part of that group. Uh, so I'm assuming you're with me on that. We're, we yeah. ain't part of that group. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> here's a here's a couple uh, uh cozy quotes from uh swab that you could tuck your kids in for this mm -hmm. this is from COVID 19 the great reset the spread of infectious diseases has a unique ability to fuel fear anxiety and mass hysteria in doing so as we have seen it also challenges our social cohesion and collective capacity to manage a crisis epidemics are by nature devices divisive and traumatizing you see that in your friends family, et cetera. You go into a restaurant or, or grocery store, people look at you as your biohazard. Mm -hmm. If no one power can enforce order, our world will suffer from a global order deficit unless individual nations and international organizations succeed in finding solutions to better collaborate at the global level. We risk entering an age of entropy in which in retrenchment, fragmentation, anger, parochialism, and increasingly define our global landscape, making it less intelligible and more disorderly. When confronted with it, some industry leader, leaders and senior executives may be tempted to equate and reset with restart, hoping to go back to the old normal and restore with what worked in the past, traditions, tested procedures, and familiar ways of doing things. In short, a return to business as usual. His words, this won't happen because it cannot happen. For the most part, business as usual died from, or at least was infected by COVID-19. Hence, we must have a reset, which is literally a takeover, as you're talking about, control. They're in control, which is kind of funny because these guys are kind of like Bilderberg Light. Uh, no one really knew who these guys were until this year. Uh, where are we going with this? So, Remember, I told you climate change. This is just a test run. They've actually said this in here. I'll show, scroll down here. It says, this has been to some extent a test run of positive and negatives, the possibilities and the harm. What we need to ensure is that we are helping people. We're creating jobs. We're supporting livelihoods, blah, 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 blah. Why I say that is they want net zero by 2050. Okay, You've heard that many times. You've heard Biden yeah. talk about all these uh well, humping tree, tree licking, well, frog lickers talking about this. 7.6% is what they wanted to get down every year for the next 10 years to get to, uh, for, to 2030. Guess what they got to in the shutdowns this past year? Seven. Hmm. And you'll see that all over. I, was, I think it's uh, maybe it's in this one. Uh, I'll have to, I, I know I have it on here. We'll run into it. Yeah. Maybe I got this uh, all out of uh, whack on here, but. It's a test run to see, one, how we would react and if it worked. And you notice that they had – there's videos, and I think this is on here, of China, people being able to see the, the mountain range again. So these guys were all jacked about that while people were losing their business, income, businesses, et cetera, mm -hmm. over something that nobody knew anybody dying off of, basically. Mm -hmm. I, didn't, I still don't know anybody died off. I know a couple of people that got it, but they, were, they said that the, the flu was worse. So what is the fourth industrial revolution? What it means, how it responds? We are wondering what is happening to the world. Everything is changing. 
The very idea of human being some sort of natural concept is really going to change. Think about that. It's, that's going to change? How, how's that? Our bodies will be so high-tech, we won't be able to really distinguish between what's natural and what's artificial. Hmm. Yeah, transhumanism. <laughs> Inside our own heads is the most complex arrangement of matter in the known universe. You might ask yourself, can we get to be superhumans? It's interesting. Any culture that uh, thinks that it can produce superhumans would really have no need for God. Um, oh, yes. That kind of arrogance, you know. Yes, not exactly. And God's not really talked about too much in this. Uh, I wouldn't think which, so. Which in part four, part three or part four of Ed 201, they talk about, which these guys, you know, sponsored, they got to get the clergy on board, obviously. And they've mm -hmm. actually talked about that with the Pope, that they need to get the clergy to preach to get the Pope so that well, people do it. What is it with the obsession about you know, reaching this superhuman state. I mean, we saw this with Hitler. We saw this with others, with eugenics. They want to return to this superhuman race. I mean, what, why this preoccupation with that? I wonder what, what's going on there. That's probably that, you know, everlasting eternal living type deal thing. If there's no yeah. God and death yeah. is over with. Right. Uh, so maybe this is just to keep, they, they don't mention prolonging life. Yeah. Now, with the seat, with the what we just saw with the 3D printing a liver and a heart, and uh, what I have in there is said in there about pharmaceuticals printing up, they're trying to extend it while being eugenicists at the same time. But it that they're not, it's it's a scary type deal thing, especially when they start telling about you know the food shortage, or you're not going to be you're basically in you know burning subsistence subservient to the state, which the whole Paris Accord. I'll get into that later, but you've heard Biden say we got to get in the Paris Accord, and I'm no Magna Flag wherever with everyone. I, I know people laugh every time I say that, but Trump got us out of the Paris Accord, which keeps us out of this reset. Mm -hmm. If we get back in the Paris Accord, all bets are off. Mm -hmm. um, now you see this happening in Ireland, uh, Australia. I saw a link. I saw a video today. Australia is having forced testing. Uh, they'll come to your house if you ain't, if you haven't gotten tested. Um, Ireland's got the health pass app. The U.S. has they the app. Can force you to test. It seems like they could really force you to do anything, really. And Australia, uh, and, uh, they test. They were testing the waters with the forest poke, and uh, I'm I'm meaning to use poke. It's not the V word for you, so nothing happens to the channels. <laughs> but uh, mm -hmm. um, so they they mandated it at first, and there was an uprising, and then mm -hmm. they backed it off. So all right, we're not going to do that, but. If you want to work, you got to take the poke. And there was a uh, link today I saw from uh, Ice Ager channel that he posted uh, grocery stores are signed up, 400 grocery stores and uh, Walgreens type places to give out the poke. And in it, we're thinking, well, 
that's a start. If eventually they're going to get to, they're giving it out. What if you have to have it to buy anything inside there? You have to have the app. They already got the app from Clear. Clear has an app, which goes back to 2001 and the 9-11 fiasco, where Clear comes in later and goes, hey, we got this nice new thing to get around the TSA that everybody hates that. Notice back in those days, everybody said, oh, this will only be around just for a short time. It's never left us. Now today, the entire world is TSA. So Clear comes in, you pay this thing, then you only do a retinal scan to get on a plane like normal. We used to what we used to do, you just walked in, no shoes taken off, no uh belt having to go off. You just walked in, scanned, gone. You gotta you, you gotta use the app at a football stadium in, in Seattle right now to get into a game. You have to scan the app to get into a game. Eventually that will go for everybody in the continental United States. It's just that's social credit school. We'll get into that with the UBI, universal basic income, because if robots are taking over and doing everything, what what are people gonna do for work? How are you gonna pay anything? UBI, enter UBI, which I saw back in the day uh, when I was doing Uber. I saw a lot of people with McDonald's. They had these inside when you used to go inside. You, I would use it to use our Wi-Fi. So I would drive 12 hours and then put a video together, crash in their parking lot and drive a couple more hours and go see the kid before he went to sleep. <laughs> Scarf doesn't there. Uh, they had this big thing. They wouldn't ask anybody to talk to a human. They wanted you to use the, uh, the digital thing up there to put your order in. And people were in the back would cook it or a robot. They had robots cooking the hamburgers at different places. And I told them, they're eliminating your job. Just a little entry, which autonomous cars, Uber, Lyft was doing it. They had a place in Tempe, Arizona. A fleet of them were down there. Uh, they already knew of that. And this talks about it at the bottom underneath the video. AI in recent years driven by <laughs> self-driving cars, drones, the virtual system, software to translate and invest. It's Literally Skynet. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. <laughs> Here's a lady that she she's a she's a piece of work here. Through a simple consumer-based EEG device, it gives us access to ourselves in ways that we've never before thought possible. It unlocks the black box that is the brain and enables us to um, really truly be able to uh, realize an identity that is aspirational. And they bring up in here. Uh, Virtual reality, uh, a, was it AR, I think it was? Yeah, AR. I forget what AR stood for. Three different ones. VR was the main one. So, and here's – think of me, stop me if you ever heard this one. Uh, perhaps even more important, VR opens new ways of communicating that were previously unimaginable. Instead of saying how we feel, we can fully convey how we feel to a loved one or a coworker through immersive 3D visuals and sound and by engaging every sense, this opens to a new world of empathy for everybody with an open heart and open mind to create a better, more compassionate society. Sounds great. <laughs> and the last ones, the last part, we do want a more compassionate society. Catholic version, not these guys. It's like the whole world, new, oh, one world government. It's a Catholic government. We're running it. So there, this is a concept that you would be able to make a person feel certain emotions. Is that right? Do you remember Demolition Man? I brought that up. There's a scene in there mm -hmm. where Sandra Bullock asks uh, Sylvester Stallone, let's have sex. And Sly is going, all right, yeah, you know, he just woke up from 30 years in an ice cube. She puts a VR thing on. Mm -hmm. They both do. And, and he's like, what the heck is going on here? Mm -hmm. They're talking about stuff like this throughout there. You're not touching anybody because 
but you're but you're experiencing certain sensations and feelings. You get the emotion uh, part. So I wonder what is to stop one from using that to uh, make you experience certain negative sensations uh, so that you do whatever they do or want, want you to do. In other words, um, we're, we will withhold these negative sensations from you. You won't have to experience them if you do this. But if you don't do this, you're going to experience this. What's this? I wonder what's to stop somebody, whoever's in control of this, from doing that. Yeah, he, they bring that up. They bring us pros and cons because he even brings it up, well, will we will we be lonely? But with VR, you won't be lonely. Facebook, you won't be lonely. Dates online now. I, I remember seeing a, uh, I know this is not answering totally the question, but he brings up the pros and cons, but it won't. Yeah, you can hack into something just like you can hack into AI, AI cars or any car now and change, take out their, uh, it's got a computer chip, take out their brakes, et cetera, has been, you know, executions via car. That's been well documented. Uh, here's one for continue on that thought. We can also easily put ourselves not just in someone else's shoes, but in somebody else's body and experience what they experience. We could become African-American or Latina, gay or transsexual, quadriplegic, Jew, Muslim. Then when we return back to our original identities, better informed and in, trans and, and in a way transformed. In a few years, instead of sending an emotion, we will be able to send a file containing an immersive VR experience. So through their senses, the recipient can exactly understand how we feel think of uh the matrix plug it in the back i know kung fu mm -hmm. yeah that's what it sounds like yeah um so let me go in here this uh, but now we have they, they they in this area they're talking about how the robots do some great work but you still need a human every so often thank you See. Voluntarily move my legs while stepping in a robot, by exciting the nervous system using electrical stimulators directly onto the spine. We believe that a cure will be possible if enough of the right people have the will to fast track a cure for paralysis. You don't need to take over the world to do that. And the technology. One of the things that I think is so essential Here's a kicker. in open societies is freedom of thought. Um, and up until now, the conversation we've been having is around freedom of speech. Once we can access people's thoughts and access people's emotion, um, we have to create a space that enables people to think freely, to think divergent thoughts, to think creative thoughts. And in a society where people fear having those thoughts, uh, the likelihood of being able to enjoy progress is significantly diminished. You know, if they're able to determine what your thoughts are, they could also say that, you know, we don't like that you have that particular thought. And if you continue to have it, there's going to be these consequences. So, I mean, controlling your thoughts, what, what's to stop that? Exactly. That's what I uh, mentioned that in that Financial Times episode wrote with that Noah wrote saying that if you're in South Korea and you get this anger from listening to your world, le your leader, they'll know it. Maybe you'll get a knock on the door. Maybe your social credit score. That's coming. That be able to do anything gets a little knocked down a little bit, and you can't go out and buy. You might not be able to travel to go get groceries or even buy groceries or whatever. You won't be able to do anything because of these things. Especially uh, if this is technology that's implanted into you as an infant, where you don't have any control over what's in you. You know, right? No, exactly. Here's one that's uh from 2011. 
Hi. I'm so glad you're on time. I'm V. I'm looking forward to showing you around Planopolis today. My husband works from home. He's a virtual engineer working on one of the city's desalination plants. He controls the robots who do all the important maintenance. I think See, one of the things that happened during this lockdown was what? They reprogrammed everybody to work from home. So one of the things about not owning anything is not owning a car. So they don't want you driving to work because if you don't drive to work and you're staying at home, what is that? You don't have your carbon footprint to have to worry about. They talk about in here, robots building robots. Again, I don't want to bring up Terminator. <laughs> but robots build robots is only on one movie I've seen. But this guy is at home doing nothing but VRC. It's over his eye. And it's, it's programmed into the matrix, basically. Are you ready to go? Have you got your calorie card open on your smartphone? Calorie card. did your visit with Slick Travel Corp the other day, so they've uh, allotted you a journey time to, to match mine. It makes so much sense, doesn't it? AI cars. Switch off brain and go to work. With this many people around, I'm glad there's a mega computer in charge. We're so that doesn't sound freaky, huh? A mega yeah. computer in charge. Yeah, right. <laughs> Kids were allocated to school quite near my practice so I can drop them off on the way. It saves on my calorie ration. But it won't be long until the little darlings get their career announcement. Did you hear that calorie ration? I didn't catch that. No. And she says it saves on her calorie ration, but that's part of the social you would be You all, would be portioned, you know, a certain amount of food and calories. Gotcha. Right. It's so hard, so I'm sure they'll get something good. Not that there's anything wrong with fixing carbon scrubbers for a living or anything. Are you hungry? Let's pop to the market as we pass. Right, what's on the menu this month? No, not meat. It's not your birthday. Did you catch that? It's not, not your, birthday. your birthday. It's no meat. Global Food Council are doing a really good job of keeping food production going. I mean, you don't get the choice you're used to, but we're better off than most. I think it's probably easiest to walk from here. You barely see a car in the city centre nowadays, unless you're rich. <laughs> well, the state knows they just aren't practical anymore. We're all trying to meet our global carbon deal. Electric bikes are so much better for getting around our neighbourhood. And why waste valuable space on car parks when you can use them to grow food? I don't care what you say, Alex. They don't deserve to live in that ghetto. They are completely disconnected. No high-speed transport system, no new internet. They miss out on jobs and many essential services too. Oh, hi again. <laughs> what a day. I had to make an emergency visit to the Cry Freedom ghettos. I mean, I miss my sister like mad, but I'm glad they went when they moved to New Amsterdam. They're safe from climate change on the floating city. <laughs> that must be her now. It's much easier to meet up with friends virtually now. So many cities have banned cars in central areas. Ooh, looks like she's got some juicy gossip. So that was from 2011. Wow. <laughs> if I would have said that to you 10 years ago, you were, wow, you're a kook. Now it makes sense. Right. <laughs> and then after reading this, everything they said in there is in it. Klaus talks about and what is this book, that book, uh, the World Economic Forum websites, all that. And that you literally saw that happen this year. Wow. What this, is this? Uh, this yeah, this goes into uh, Eric Warhol, who ended up writing about 
in response to the CNN, the pandemic didn't solve climate change. This week's disasters are proof. And I think this is where they bring up the 7%. I think that, yeah, the CNN article brings that up. But he ends up having a great one. Because all I wanted, all I, all we have to do, I want a future in which my weekend choice is either a quick hypersonic com- commercial jet flight, enjoy a bit of sunshine on the other side of the world, or a weekender in the zero uh, orbital zero gravity amusement park. Up here, I don't want a future in which I have to look over my shoulder in case the climate police catch me turning up a thermostat a few degrees or pull me over for driving an unauthorized distance from my house. Ireland, you had a cut, they only could leave two kilometers away, t- maybe 10 kilometers max. You could, there was a limit on how far you, ha- you could go from your house. They would wow. stop you and ask for where you were living. I think England had that deal. Uh, we didn't have that in the States. I don't, I don't think unless somebody did in New York City or uh, wow. somewhere like that. But basically, he basically says, in a sense, we need to fight back in this because the CNN wow. article was just nuts. Wow. Uh, yes, transformation maps. This is what a transformation map looks like. This is for COVID-19. They had one for not COVID, uh, for pre-COVID in 2017. They updated it to put COVID in here. You see every walk of life's involved in this thing. Mm-hmm. Arts and culture, human rights, justice and law. Here's the Great Reset over here. Financial monetary systems, aging, insurance, innovation, you name it. Uh, geopolitics. What is this? migration, climate change, and education connected? How will the fourth industrial revolution, social innovation, and aging populations affect the future role of government? In an increasingly complex world, these connections can be hard to see, yet a systemic understanding of global issues is essential to today's leaders. As a global platform for multi-stakeholder cooperation, the World Economic Forum has developed a framework to analyze the interconnections among diverse topics, illustrating how developments in one area can impact others. By drawing on the collective intelligence of the forum's networks, transformation maps explain the factors driving change across industries, economies, and global issues. For example, by disrupting every aspect of technology, the fourth industrial revolution will have a profound impact on governance and affect the scale and character of conflict. Both will test the role of government, but will also have to take into account the challenges posed by aging populations in advanced economies. Transformation maps cover more than 120 topics. Each topic is defined by its key issues, or most strategic trends shaping that topic. And because we're not looking at topics in isolation, but at systems in transformation, we highlight how issues depicted in other maps exert influence. So in the short term, everything's connected. And they are making sure everything's connected. And he goes into a little bit more in depth in this, in this book, but... In, if you go to their YouTube channel, they have a YouTube channel, a podcast, website. It's all there. <laughs> 500,000 subscribers on their YouTube channel. They post four to five videos every day. Uh, it's almost, it's it's impossible to know everything they're doing because it's an hour here, an hour here, an hour. They had 16 hours on food the other day. And yeah. again, we're getting in. And that's, that's just one topic. They did another 10 on finance system, the finance areas. They only did a couple on the poke. They did a few on 
well, quite a few on global warming. Everything's quite a few. Everything is connected to global warming, though. I will say that. All right. Now, do you remember Joe saying I would transition from the oil industry? Oh, I would transition yeah. from the oil industry, yes. Oh. Everybody said that, oh, he just lost the election. Right. Because the oil industry pollutes significantly. I said, here's the deal. But that's a big statement. That. Well, if you let me finish the statement, because it has to be replaced by renewable energy over time, over time. And I'd stop giving to the oil industry, I'd stop giving them federal subsidies. He won't give federal subsidies to the to gas, excuse me, to the to uh, solar. Come on, Joe, hurry. Why are we giving it to the oil industry? We actually do give right. it to solar and wind. We and that's maybe the bit but I think I've overshot it. He ends up saying, I think by 2050, he wants to be net zero. Yeah, I remember that. And not just that, but actually to help the world get there. And um, I think a lot of people have asked Adrian if um, accelerated. This is the BP the for C. This is the CEO for BP. A company like yours play a part in making that transition work. Adrian, thank you. And um, to Professor Schwab and His Royal Highness, uh, you know, we at BP, we welcome this uh, great initiative. And, uh, and I would like to offer some thoughts on uh, on the question you raise. Um, I think some people know in, in uh on February the 12th of this year, BP set out an ambition to become a net zero company by 2050 or sooner. Hmm. And not just that, but actually to help the world get there. And um, I think a lot of people have asked Adrian if. Uh, yeah, I remember when Joe said that. I was actually kind of excited at that, going, wow, I can't believe he played his card like that. Trump got him. Yeah. The next day I'm at the gym and I was I was listening to this throughout the week. And he's that was the first two minutes of me playing that. I'm going, son of a gun. <laughs> we're host. <laughs> They're in on it. Right. But you wouldn't expect. Um, now, I, I want to get to some of these chat questions because I'm seeing some really good ones. Yeah, um, go for it. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Let's see. It moved on me. There it is. Um, could we still oppose these plans happening and how? What do you think? Is there anything we can really even do about this at this point? Non-compliance is the best way. The, these guys are involved in local, state, and federal, every level of government. Um, think locally, act locally. People have probably heard me say that ad nauseum on the chat on my on the news show and things like that. Yeah. So if the best way, <laughs> really, we need the bishops, we need the priests to be fighting, leading. Yeah. Uh, notice when Vigano wrote that letter. It really didn't say much, it, unless you had never heard this before. It was basically like a one-on-one intro to it. I skimmed it. That was really the only Vigano letter I've read. No offense. I just I'm reading other things. All right. uh, but I was interested to see what he said on that. And then I, you saw Father Goring put a video out, four or five yeah. minutes, five hundred thousand views. They've uh, uh, Doug Barry and uh, and uh, Father Howland's been doing a couple now on him. Uh, what another normie ended up doing when I can't think anyways. And then secular guys started doing it. Yeah. The name Spiro. He's not one of us. I don't even think he likes it. I don't even know, but he had a, he had a blog post. Catholic archbishop calls out great reset, sends a letter to Trump. People from non just secular guys will flock to us. If we have a leader stand up and lead the way against this. They're wanting somebody to. Right now, there's no leadership. It's all grassroots, 
protesting here, protesting there, sharing links, things like that. We have no leaders to stand behind on this. They're talking about they're great. They're going after the election and stuff like this, but no one's they're silent on this. And you saw the first. I mean, just to have I'm not, I haven't gotten to the insect love yet <laughs> or the UBI. Where's the, we need? I mean, Kathy teaching is not part of this stuff that's going on right now. That's what we got to right. do everything we think of. Fight locally, run for office in, in your local areas, get in the mayor position. Get know your sheriff. Make sure you help him because he's your last. If you're in the states, your sheriff has more power than anybody in your state. He could tell. He could arrest the governor if the governor comes in and does anything to him, or does anything to you. He's in charge. If you got a good sheriff during this, you're going to be fine. Your businesses. Make sure you support those guys that aren't, you know, buying into this. They're getting killed right now. That's part of this whole idea. Amazon's making a fortune. Walmart's making a all these big guys are making a killing. Why? They want the, they're one, they're part of this stuff. If you look up all these groups, you'll see these guys' names in these in these sections. And two, they want this. They want you to order and have it delivered to you. They want drone delivery. They want you to just hit a button. It's convenient. I know. I got these from Amazon. So I know it's it's you almost can't get out of it. It's kind of like a, when someone says, How do you not support a gay industry, gay company? I got a Visa card. They they give to LBGT. Right. Uh, if I if I have Sprint or whatever, a Comcast, wherever my internet service, they probably do. So yeah. it's all spider. It's all connected. That you can't get out of it. There's nowhere to move. Every part of it, this is a global thing that they're doing. Uh, the best. I'm more of a fighting type idea. We got to try it. We'll probably get. It's kind of like I, that's why I love Rocky. Rocky gets killed in every every movie. <laughs> But at least he fights like hell to do it. Right. So that's basically it. Run every level. I want to put together some kind of Catholic response to us at every state. We got to get kind of like communists did. Uh, Hamish Fraser talked about this in one of his conversion talks about cells that communists had. Five people here, five people here, five people. They just grow. But they were all united to the mothership getting their orders. We can do that, reverse their stuff, and educate. We got to educate ourselves. And get uppity involved in this too. Get involved in politics. Actually, the Holy Father talked about this four years ago that the people need to get in and get into politics more. That's mm. one thing I'll say. Hey, he was he was right on that. Right. We do. We got to know what we're doing too. Be like a Gar- Garcia Moreno. Be like a Hilla Bell. I pull out your beads. Say, hey, if you don't like it, tough. This right. is what we're doing. Make your area Catholic. Convert your area. Be strong. Don't be timid. You're gonna get fight back. You're gonna get hurt probably from it too. Somebody mm-hmm. might not like it, throw you in jail. Garcia Moreno got shot multiple times, cut his ear, ear cut off, and a and a machete to his head. Uh this isn't, you know, we're not a we're not supposed to be all cupcakes, sunshine, and lollipops, live on a certain type deal. It's right. gonna get nasty if we fight back. We should. Wow. I think it's coming. Uh 101 caliber asks, is Fatima connected with the great reset in your opinion? What do you think? I actually just thought about that because you keep saying 2030, 2030, 2030. 2029 is the 100th anniversary of the uh, the Fatima consecration that hasn't happened yet. And mm. just like uh, for in France, when our Lord told them to, <laughs> the, king, the kings are in trouble if you don't do this, they didn't right. consecrate France 100 years to the day French Revolution started. 2029, uh, yeah, uh, it, this, it seems like it's getting a little faster too. Uh, leading up to all this. 
So yeah, 2030, uh, the year after that year, probably I would beg any all the bishops to start. Hey, let's do it. Let's let's see what happens. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think the bishops are going to be on our side anytime. Not, yeah, the Pope, <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, unfortunately, the Pope's involved in this. He's that's part the problem. Of the reason that's he's the part problem. of the reason he a lot of the stuff that's been out there. He's for the last. I think the last thing he wrote for the U.S. last week read like Schwab did, and I'm you know pray for the Holy Father, you know. Uh, just like an alcoholic dad, you still love the guy. But he's involved in this. Uh, the, there's bishops involved. There's I, one of the cardinals of Ferenzi, I think his name. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. He leads the prayers, opening prayers that Francis writes for mm. the opening of Davos. Like, oh, just wow. pull your hair right. out. Right. Um, when a one caliber also asks another good question, uh, what are the dangers of the upcoming Biden presidency, in your opinion? Well, I see he says, I greatly fear more wars. You can yeah. book that. Uh, he, well, he's going to get the U.S. back in wars, which is kind of funny that Trump took out the uh, troops in Afghanistan the other day. And if he take if he brings everybody home, he's going to force Biden to put everybody back in. Either they're, they're going to show the the peace guys, they're a bunch of saber rattlers as well. It's the the military industrial complex. That's one reason that uh, Trump is uh, has this little coup going after the troops love him. But the generals hate him because they're not getting any money because there's no wars going on. So, yeah, expect some wars. Uh, expect the basically the incorporation miracle amendment doctrine to come over for everybody. I mean, by, no president has the authority to be able to do half the things, they even, vast 90% of what they say. Biden can't has no authority to make a mandate for masks, shut down the economy, et cetera, like that. Uh, but... <laughs> Camilla or Kamala, uh, she'll be president by the end of the first term. A lot and of people keep saying UBI that. Girl too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of people think that. I I wonder myself. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see any more. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, just saying. No. That. You're walking by a car one day, and oops, uh, Epstein. Uh, Epstein got him. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't see any more chat questions. I think that's going to do it. We're at the hour mark. Um, you know, I want to recommend that everybody check out your channel, Census Fidelium. Also, are there uh, is there anything else that you're working on? Any plugs that you want to put in for uh, in any additional material? I would say get Pam Ecker's book that just came out on uh, uh, the vaccinations, the Kathy teaching on it. Uh, that would be good. Get that for yourself, uh, priests, bishop, doctors, etc. Um, yeah, I can't believe we're at an hour and I didn't even have through half the links. <laughs> I let we can do a part two if you want. I've I've been here, I've done two shows already. So if you're if you want to, we can because like I said there's a, a lot of weird stuff I'm that's all coming for out. it. It it might be in about a month before I can do it, but off the air I can uh I can uh give you some dates that would be available and we'll do a part two and we can get to some more material. I think that would be fun. No problem. Yeah, sounds good. Great having you on. Like I said, we'll talk off the air and see if we can hash out another date. Everybody, thank you for watching. Thank you for your participation there. Don't forget to comment, like, and subscribe. Just check us out also at patreon.com forward slash reason and theology. Till next time, God bless.